This is Chris Brayton from the More Gooder Than Podcast, and you're listening to the Gravity Beard Podcast. Come check out our show on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and our website, mgtpodcast.com. Okay, I don't want to get that out of the way. Yeah, you're going to have to edit all that out, but that was fun. Most of it, but not all of it. There, there, the, the phrase delicious pastry will appear on this podcast. It's time to check show. Welcome to the Gravity Beard Podcast. We're recording today in Studio A. Thank you, as always, to our listeners. We appreciate your continued support. This is our 2016 college football preview episode. Thank you to Jake Dexter for providing our theme song. It's called In the Mix. This episode also features original music by Scott Holmes, Tri Tachyon, and Guster. This is episode 20, but it's the first one since the creation of Gravity Beard 2.0, the new and improved version of our show. As always, you can listen to the Gravity Beard podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or anywhere else you consume podcasts. Or you can find us at gravitybeard.com and on Facebook. And now, you can find us in a few other places. We're on Instagram and Twitter at TheGravityBeard. We also have a new email address. It's contactthebeard at gmail.com. Uh, we encourage you to reach out to the show. And here's some reasons why you might do that. You want to tell us something you like or don't like about the show. Uh, you want to be on the show. Contact us and give us a good reason. Or you want to contribute content to our new mini-segments. If you have a clever life hack to share, send us a tweet or email, and we'll discuss it in an upcoming episode. Or pull out your iPhone, open the Voice Memo app, and record a funny conversation with one of your children. I just started doing that myself. Then send it to us at contactthebeard at gmail.com or send us a tweet at thegravitybeard. Heck, you can also record yourself singing your college fight song. Be creative. There's lots of reasons to reach out. Okay, so this is our 2016 college football preview show. I do realize that the season started last week and pivotal games have already been played. We actually recorded this episode last Wednesday, but in spite of my best efforts, I couldn't get to it until now. I think you'll still find the conversation mostly relevant, and of course, if you have any comments or opinions about what's discussed, you can tweet us at TheGravityBeard or send us an email at contactthebeard at gmail.com. Or better yet, record an audio rant on the Voice Memo app on your iPhone and email that to us. So, without further ado, I'd like to introduce you to my old college roommate, Brad, and we'll get on with discussing the already started college football season in this, the Gravity Beard 2016 College Football Preview Show. Uh, Brad, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. I am as well. So, what, I, what I've done with other guests on the show, this is your first time on the Gravity Beard podcast. I'm excited to have you here for the first time. What I want to do is, what I've done for everyone else that's been on the show, is at least pull back the curtain a little bit and told people how I know you or how I'm related to you. We know each other because we both needed to take an honors class that was easy so that we could register on time back at A&M when you were a wee freshman, I believe, and I was a sophomore. And we met in this ridiculous geology class that strangely became like the center of our college experience. Boy, that I never thought of it that way, but it kind of was, wasn't it? <laughs> so, I mean, so much of what happened to us over the next four years was because of that class. There were or, so many spokes to that wheel. Yes, absolutely. And, okay. and I mean, and we should take a moment right here at this point just to say we have to have a shout out to 
to folks that we may never see again, but may appear somewhere because of this podcast of Marshall Love and Chad Piper. Can I say their names? Because absolutely, please. They, yes, there are many. There are many, many people that were involved, but two of our more infamous that we talk about years and years later. We have known each other for over twenty years. We were college roommates for multiple years. We could we could do an entire podcast episode just on our college experiences together and our tomfoolery. I think that would bore everybody, but you and I. But. I don't know that it would. I think there's some funny <laughs> things in there. There's crazy concerts we went to. There was karate in our kitchen. There was there was so many different ways that we avoided doing any kind of schoolwork. There were many, many there were many, many C's that were earned in classes where I probably should have gotten a B or even an A. I'm gonna deny almost all of this. I'm not. I'm going to own it. I'm going to own it because that was way back in the past. That's true. That was over two decades ago, and I don't care anymore. And no one does anyone. No one. No one else does either. (laughs) What was the name of our our geology professor? Ooh, Anne Raymond. Was it Anne Raymond? I think you are correct. I think you are correct. And and the TA was Chuck. Yeah, I don't remember his last name, but I know that he was dying to date one of the girls in our class, and I think later he did. And later he did. Because <laughs> we saw him at Sweet Eugene's yeah, it's later, coffee house in later, town. Later he did, Chuck. Infamous Chuck. <laughs> yes, and there was there was the time that I drove my car across the sidewalk because I didn't think anyone was looking, and then our entire class was out back where I ended up driving to on our that geology quite, trip. That's quite an entrance. It was. I didn't do it on purpose. I mean, I did drive on the sidewalk on purpose, but not, yes. not in front of a live audience. That was, <laughs> that was the accidental portion. If there had only been a camera crew there, the, there couldn't have been much bigger than that. There were no consequences for that behavior at all. <laughs> right. And I'm very thankful for that. There was, there was my daily, or at least my, my tradition each day of class to bring in a delicious pastry and some chocolate I, milk and offer it to our professor. I was, I was actually about to mention that. That, that is one of the more unusual uh, class traditions that, that I've ever seen anyone have. Every single class you offered a pastry to our professor. Well, and more specifically, it was a, it was a cream-filled chocolate eclair because those are delicious. And she turned you down every day. She did. She did turn me down. Uh, there was the time when she uh, extended an invitation to our entire class to come to a, a party of the uh, of the faculty, which I believe the theme was "Come dressed as your favorite paleontologist," I, and, and I was about to mention that as well because, again, like, do you have some regrets about not going to that? Yes, like, yes. like of the ridiculous things that you do and don't do in college. That's probably one that I regret the most because it probably would have amounted to nothing, but but what an opportunity, and we totally could have gone, and we just didn't do it. Well, I, I think we all just snickered and said, I don't know any paleontologist. How am I supposed to, how, what am I supposed to show up as? at this she, was, she was the only paleontologist we knew, and we didn't want to all show up wearing a black dress. Yeah. All right. Well, enough of the memories. That Very fun. That's where it all started. Yes. And those were good times. And there we go. And we still talk to each other. That's right. And here we are doing a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> a college football preview podcast. Really, it's not much different than it was 20-something years ago. Okay. I want to get that out of the way. Yeah, you're going to have to edit all that out, but that was fun. Most of it, but not all of it. There, there, the, the phrase delicious pastry will appear on this podcast. Excellent. Yeah. So if we want to kick off college football and just sort of look at the big, you know, the Power Five conferences and 
just sort of what are the expectations for who's coming out of each of those conferences? Because what everyone cares about now, the way things work, is who's going to be in the in the playoffs at the end. Um, you know, that's that's the ultimate for for everybody. So, I mean, just looking at the Power Five conferences, I I started with the ACC. Um, just because I think it's an interesting storyline because I think it's a very top-heavy conference. Clemson and Florida State are, I think, by everyone's expectations, the two best teams there. Clemson obviously played for the championship last year. Everyone thinks they'll, they're totally capable of coming back with a Heisman-caliber quarterback. Um, Florida State, I don't think their quarterback situation is nearly as stable, but the rest of their roster is is stacked and they have a, an awesome running back as well. I totally don't remember his name, but I think those two teams are expected. Whoever wins their head-to-head matchup will win that conference going away. And the other one, um, interestingly, a lot of people are picking both of those schools to make the playoffs, which so far in our brief history of the college football playoffs, we've never had two schools from one conference make the playoffs. So I don't know if that happens, but I, I think there's an interesting pressure on that committee. Uh, everyone keeps expecting that to happen, but it's only been two years. So I, I don't know if that, if, but everything lines up is sort of why everyone thinks that's possible. Because for two teams from a conference to make it, you need two other conferences to not put together a worthy champion. <laughs> and I guess leading into that then why would there not be a worthy champion out of other conferences if you jump to the other side to the pac-12 i think everyone just kind of feels like they're going to do the same thing as last year they're going to beat each other up they play i think it's a nine a nine game conference schedule and then a conference championship and when they get done their champion probably comes out with you know two or more losses like they did last year don't quote me on the number of losses, but they they did beat each other up, and so the they'll be. It's a very strong conference, but I, I don't think there's a there's a top one or two teams there. So I think everyone's sort of expectation is the Pac-12 is going to have a lot of great football, but may not be in the playoff picture, and in that championship game actually tends to not help them because they've they've had so many times that in their championship game the favorite lost and so the the team that should make the playoffs gets knocked out because of their because of their championship game and i think people sort of expect that to happen again now obviously that's that's making a whole bunch of assumptions but you know it's a season preview you have to make a whole bunch of assumptions right you know what i know about the pac 12 <laughs> there's 12 teams yes they <laughs> they have they have the appropriate number of teams to match the name of their conference well that makes them unusual quite honestly <laughs> Well, there you go. So the Pac-12 is special in that regard. So they should get yeah. a playoff spot just for being able to count. And then, and then you obviously had the Big Twelve that can't even reach twelve. So you know, whatever. That's no, one of my the, favorite part. That's my, that's one of my favorite parts of the discussion about college football is the stupid names of the conferences. How no one's got the right number of teams. Well, I mean, is it better for all the conferences that don't put a number? I mean, that gives them flexibility, right? Yes, it is. That is better. That makes more sense. Now, but then if you start putting, you know, like the SEC, you put geographic stuff in the title, you know, as it gets broader, like, well, it's sort of, it's South, it's not necessarily Eastern, but you know, whatever. Well, I believe, I believe I, uh, I recorded a previous episode that addressed all this crap. So I don't have, (laughs) I don't have to talk about this here. Okay. That's fine. I'm already on the record with a very strong opinion. 
Right. Yes. Yes. I, I, I didn't agree with it, but I'll let, I'll, I'll let that roll. So Pac-12, I mean, there's, there's Stanford, USC and, um, uh, Cal's not going to be that good. Oregon is obviously typically good. I heard, I, I heard a one person go off on a rant about Washington State, who's never important other than the fact that they have Mike Leach. So I and I'm a Mike Leach fan. Uh, that and, apparently he, and he he's a an, fan of Pirates, right? He's a fan of Pirates. He has an an amazing quarterback, and so everyone's like, we want to see what this what he's going to do because because when he has an amazing quarterback, he puts a great team together. I can't even tell you the guy's name, but I'll throw that out there as is my barely educated wild guess in the Pac-12, you could see Washington State do something that they don't normally do. Not that anyone's predicting them to win at all. You know, they're a doormat there typically. And so if they're really good, they could really screw up stuff for everyone else. The other conference, obviously, that that has trouble putting someone potentially in the playoffs is is the Big 12 and their 10 teams. Uh, Oklahoma obviously was there last year. They've got a crazy schedule this year because they open playing University of Houston, which is it's weird like i've it's totally weird to say the university of houston is really good at football right now but they are they've they've got oh i'm totally blanking on his name tom he's the up-and-coming coach that everyone thinks will be coaching either texas or texas a&m next year he was the offensive coordinator for urban meyer at ohio state i believe and he took over u of h and has just been recruiting like crazy. And he has an amazingly good quarterback. And they just destroyed people last year. And they made a great bowl game. And they won it. And they're bringing basically that whole team back. Basically, if they beat Oklahoma to start the season, they don't have another challenging game until like the very end of the season. They play Louisville in mid-November. And that's it. Like everyone else, they're just going to destroy weird for u of h to be this good but but they are and i I don't know if they can hang with oklahoma to start the season but if they do you're going to hear them all season long because no one else can beat them um until they get to late very late in the season so i mean they feasibly if they beat oklahoma could go undefeated and then they would be an undefeated conference champion and you'd kind of have to put them in the playoffs you think and that would totally screw up obviously a power five conference not getting it. And they could end up in the Big 12 next year. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes, one of 17 teams in in, in theory that's going to join the Big 12. So, I started that on U of A or on U of H playing Oklahoma because the other thing Oklahoma does is like 2 weeks later they play Ohio State. So they've got actually two big games that are non-conference games for them before they ever really deal with, you know, the meat of their schedule good for them yeah which which is rare and i don't know when they scheduled u of h that they anticipated that because they probably scheduled it you know five years ago and they thought oh sweet cream puff and now it's not but obviously that's going to be that could potentially be a really big game between oklahoma and ohio state a few weeks into the season those are two teams that would you know be on the short list of teams that could that could be in the playoffs. So I don't know. Maybe Oklahoma loses both those games and their season's totally wrecked and you know we're moving on from them. But if they survive both of those things, then they would be a favorite to make the playoffs and win the rest of the Big 12. I think folks think Oklahoma State could be pretty good. Beyond that, I think the Big 12 is a mess. Baylor, TCU, 
uh, talented teams, but I don't think anyone believes in them necessarily. And then I think everyone else in the Big 12 is pretty average at best. Even Mighty Texas. Especially. Especially Mighty. <laughs> wow. Wow. I'm not yes. going to tell my father-in-law you said that. Sorry about that. They're better than Kansas. <laughs> I don't know if he'll take solace in that or not, but I'll I'll mention that. I'll mention that to him. I don't think that'll make him feel any better. Probably uh, not. I, no, I, I think they're... I mean, their schedule is easier this year than last year. So in theory, they could do better. But two, they only won five games last year. And one of them, I, I don't know how they, how they beat Oklahoma. I mean, I, I, I can't explain. I even saw a part of that game. And I, I don't understand how they beat Oklahoma. They don't, they don't have nearly the talent. They don't match up with them at all. But somehow no, they won it. I can't imagine they beat them again. Isn't that uh, the magic of the rivalry game? Sure, but, but it, it was like Oklahoma kind of slept through the game. Like it was sort of the opposite of a rivalry game. It's like I think even at the end, Oklahoma was like, "What? I, we lost? I don't." It was just very strange. But I mean, that's one of their five wins was just this fluky win over OU, and then the other of their five wins was against Baylor at the end of the season when Baylor was down to like their fourth quarterback. And literally, the guy they had couldn't throw the ball to the right team, so they just stopped throwing the ball for the whole second half. They, they just didn't throw a pass anymore. And they still almost came back and won the game. So I, I can't imagine you can count on those two victories being repeated this year. So even though it's an easier schedule, if you take those two away, then, then they're starting with three wins and building from there. I just don't think it's a very good team. They've recruited well, so there's some young talent on the team. But they've looked they looked really bad last year most of the time. They got shut out by Iowa State twenty four to nothing. I, I don't know how they survived not firing the head coach after that game. They hired a new offensive coordinator. He was he was the co offensive coordinator at I think Tulsa, but he didn't call plays and he's gonna be the savior of their offense. I think that's a peculiar choice. I would not be betting a whole lot of money on Texas, but I'm biased in that opinion, obviously, because I don't know I, what you're talking about. Because <laughs> I root for the maroon and white, I, but I mean honestly, like if I thought they were going to be really good, I would I would say that, and I I just I would be shocked if they're really good. Their schedule is easier, so in theory they should be able to win more games than last year, but they only won five last year, and I think two of those were total flukes. So, you know, I I have pretty low expectations for them. My main quote on Baylor would just be, they potentially have ten win talent, but I think expectations are more like six to seven wins. Well, that that's when a team usually comes out and wins uh, eleven games, isn't it? Sure, sure, totally could, and especially in that conference. So I guess the summary is either the obvious is going to happen, or they're going to surprise all of us. You know, they would probably be a top, easily a top ten team coming into the season if they if they hadn't melted down, and a lot of that talent is still there. They're not as deep as they would have been because they lost so many recruits. They still have the same offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator, and they've still got a lot of that talent, and yet everyone's written them off. And so I think they're like, I don't have expectations for them, but if they turn around and ran off 10 wins this season, you're like, well, yeah, they had all the talent. Like, I think, I think they're an interesting wild card in that conference. I would assume that team is a, is a mental wreck. I would assume they're a disaster, just all headed to therapy. Uh, okay, so what we're going to do here is we're going to take a break, and when we get back from the break, cover the Big Ten and the SEC. How's that sound? Sounds great. Okay, right after the break. 
Ah, sweet Gravity Beard listeners. I'm excited to tell you this is the first ever installment of this week's tip of the day. Have you ever wondered when you should start teaching your kids about work and money? In our house, we started early. Liam's about to turn four now. I started with him a few months ago. Noah is two, and now I'm bringing him along. With everything I teach my kids, I try to use real-world terms. We don't have chores and allowance. We have jobs and commissions, or just say money. It started out with me asking Liam if he wanted to help me with projects around the house. When I saw that he was excited, I started to use the word job instead. Then one day, uh, he said he wanted some candy. I know, sounds like a complete stereotype, but it's true. And I used that to lead into a conversation about money. Here's a conversation I actually recorded with him yesterday. I am leading him, but this is typically how it goes. Should we build a pillow pile? Should we build a pillow pile? Yeah. That's not really a job. Yes, that is. It is? Yeah. I don't think that's a job. Yes, I think that is a job. That's more of a project. Let's do a project. Okay. Well, we can we can do a project after we do a job. We have some jobs to do. Okay. Mom. Hi, Gilla. Mom. Hey, Noah, did you want to do some jobs? Mm-hmm. Are you going to do some jobs so you can make some money? Yeah. Oh, okay, great. Hey, Liam, why do we do jobs? Because it's our favorite. <laughs> it's our favorite, but what do you get when you do jobs? Money. And what do you do with money? Do you remember the three things we do with money? Spend, give, spend, give, save. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. What do we do after you do a job and I give you money? Um... Put it in the piggy bank. Put it in the piggy bank? Yeah. Yeah, and then you save it up, and then... So do you, do you think you have a lot of money, or do you think you have a little bit of money? I have a lot of money. And then what what did we say we would do after you saved up some money? What did, what did Mom say you guys could do? Get some candy. You can... And M&M. All right. Well, let's go do our jobs then. Okay. All right. Come on, Dad. All right, Liam, here we go. We finished our jobs. Yeah. Now what happens? Money. You get paid, right? Yeah. All right. Noah, would you like to get paid for your job? Yeah. Okay, here's yours, Noah. And here is yours. That's Noah's and mine. There you go. Into the the piggy bank. Hey, Liam, nice job today. Noah, good job. You're welcome. Enthusiasm and encouragement while you're working is critical. If you're excited, they will be too. You start simple and you go from there. If you have any questions or comments on the subject, reach out to us at Twitter at TheGravityBeard or send us an email at contactthebeard at gmail.com. Okay, so we've covered the ACC, the Pac-12, and the Big 12. Now let's move on to the SEC and the Big 10 before we wrap things up, and we'll start with the SEC. So the SEC... We actually could be pretty brief about the SEC because, unfortunately, I'm pretty sure it's a two-team conference as far as who's going to matter when everything is done. Alabama is, once again, just ridiculously loaded. I saw somebody did a depth chart of Alabama the other day where they took all the names off, but they put their recruiting like star rankings, and their starting lineup had three three-star players one of those being the punter and everyone else in their starting lineup was a four or five star player. And you have like, and you go there two and three deep and it's still basically all four star, five star players there. They just, they have ridiculous talent during the championship game last year. 
their tight end that had done nothing all season long that was the star of the game was like this five-star guy who'd been riding the bench all season long. No one else does that. They've just got more talent than pretty much everybody else. So they should be the best team. They should win. They don't always win because, you know, they're college kids and there's other teams and things happen, but they're just crazy loaded. Their only real question is, once again, they're breaking in a new quarterback, and I don't even know if they know who the quarterback's going to be yet. Um, but it's, you know, they find a way and they've got so much talent. And the other team in the SEC that could matter is almost as loaded, and that's LSU. They're, they've just got a crazy amount of talent. Their running back um, is probably one of the best in, well, he's one of the best in the country, maybe one of the best that's ever been in the SEC. And that's, I mean, I'm not saying he's better than Herschel Walker, but he's he's knocking on the door of some of the greats. And he could have the type of season that could put him in the Heisman race again, if not the favorite to win the Heisman. Their only problem is their quarterback isn't very talented somehow. They just can't seem to get a quarterback at LSU. So the assumption is Alabama wins, but LSU has enough talent to beat everyone else. And I think everybody else in the conference comes in a distant third behind those teams. Uh, I don't think there's anyone in the East that's particularly good. I mean, Tennessee has a lot of talent, but they've just never really put it all together. They could, ha- they, they should win the East, but I just don't think they can. They can. They would have to beat Alabama twice, for example, under a normal s- scenario because they play each other, and then they would likely play in the championship game. So I, I just I don't see them doing that twice. And then everyone else is way behind in the SEC. So I think I think the SEC is really two teams, Alabama and LSU. One of those teams will come out. Okay, so that covers everybody but the Big Ten. Uh, Big Ten, Ohio State is loaded with talent, but they lost a lot of, of players. They're, so they lost a lot of veteran players, but they got a real, really young, talented team. I think every sort of the hot pick in the Big Ten is Michigan because people love crazy Harbaugh as the, the head coach there. I don't think he has the same talent level as Ohio State. But, I mean, either one of those teams could come out of that conference. Michigan State continues to put together good teams, but they're never – just they've never seemed to be quite good enough to get it done. This could always be the year. I, I think they're a team that could beat anybody. I just don't know that they can come out of the conference. Iowa was the team that came out of that conference last year. Surprisingly, everyone kept saying they're not that good. They're not that good, but they had the easiest schedule. They didn't – I think the, the way their divisions work, they avoided playing – both Ohio State and Michigan, and I think they avoid them again just by avoiding the hardest teams. They're a threat to come out of that conference. I haven't looked at their schedule again, but I believe that they they miss them again. They just don't have as much. They're, they're not as good of a team by any stretch of the imagination. So, yeah, I think you're looking at your typical Ohio State-Michigan out of that. Give us a quick run through your favorites in all five conferences, and then we'll kind of do a wrap up. Uh, all five conferences. I started with the ACC. I'll go back and say, I mean, Clemson won it last year. I'll I'll say they're going to win it again uh, until someone proves them better. Pac-12. Ugh. Um, I'll say Stanford, but I really don't know. I mean, it, it could be any one of several teams. The Big 12, OU, until someone can beat them. Big 10. I still think it's Ohio State. Again, they just have the most talent in the SEC, as we just talked about. I think it's Alabama. Okay, and then and then Houston's going to surprise somebody. Yeah, they're if if they beat 
OU to start the season, Houston very well could be in the playoff and screw up one of the bigger five conferences. So we'll we'll know by Sunday morning whether or not Houston's going to be a party crasher or if they're just going to be another team in college football. Yeah, yeah, because if they can't beat they, if they can't win that first game, they just don't have any other chances to really prove themselves until a bowl game. It's too late. Hot seats: Kevin Sumlin, I think Charlie Strong, and Gus Malzahn at um, Auburn are teams that in the that I know are, have some questions there. I'm I'm personally in the group that I I think it would be pretty hard for someone to lose his job this season. Not impossible, but and and Malzahn's probably the same way. He'd have to have a pretty bad season to lose his job, but they both could be in a bad spot if they if they underachieve this year. I I have low expectations for Texas. I I would be surprised if Charlie Strong's still around, but they've got an easy enough schedule that maybe they could find a way to to make it good enough for him to stay. What else do we need to say about college football before the season starts? I, I think it's I think despite me saying that it's gonna be mostly the same teams over and over again, I think there's a lot of just interesting things. It, college football always has lots of surprises because they're college students and they they have limited rosters and there's just so many things that they keep it from from being as predictable as we'd like it to be all the time. So I think there's always going to be some fun surprises. There'll be some teams that come out of come out of nowhere um, to the average fan. Uh, this first weekend has like nine great games that could totally shape the season, which is which is strange for that to all happen in one weekend so early in the season. So I don't know. I think I think it could be a really fun season, and there's a pretty good chance that all the teams that I said would be in the playoffs don't make it. So, so who <laughs> who are the four teams that are going to be sitting there at the end? I would put, you know, honestly, I would go with this. A lot of the of the experts are predicting that both Clemson and Florida State get in, along with Alabama and probably Michigan or Ohio State. So, are you agreeing with that? No one's ever put two teams in the playoff before, so you know it's easy to poke a hole in that argument as well. But I think that's a reasonable prediction. Okay, well, that wraps up our 2016 college football preview show Brad, awesome. thank I'm, you i'm excited that you made your debut on the podcast happy to be here i hope that uh we can do at least at least two or three more episodes on college football uh between now and the post bowl season yes we did de- we definitely need to talk some more college football later once we can laugh about how wrong i was this week and uh, i'm always ready to jump in and talk a little uh, nba as well that sounds good well since you've got a chaotic life I will uh I'll leave it up to you to to reach out to me about that. All right, we'll do. And I appreciate you doing this. I know you were not feeling great today, so I appreciate you powering through. Yeah, you know what though? Getting nostalgic and talking sports with one of my one of my closest friends somehow just is an elixir that you can't replace. Well, you got to talk about delicious pastries. Amen to that. <laughs> All right. All right, man. Talk to you later. Thank you. Bye-bye. You can listen to the Gravity Beard podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or anywhere else you consume podcasts, or you can find us at gravitybeard.com and on Facebook. Now you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at The Gravity Beard. If you'd like to be on the show or contribute content to our mini segments, send us an email at contactthebeard at gmail.com. Send us a life hack or some other tip for this week's tip of the day. We definitely want to hear from you. Our opening theme song is In the Mix by Jake Dexter. In the second part of Open, you heard Little Lily Swing by Tri Tachyon. Find them at freemusicarchive.org, Creative Commons CC by 4.0, 
That's T-R-I hyphen T-A-C-H-Y-O-N Tri-Tachyon. During our mini-segment, we use the song Children's TV by Scott Holmes. Find him at Facebook or on Free Music Archive by searching Scott Holmes Music. And now you're listening to Amsterdam by Guster from their 2003 album, Keep It Together. Later this week, we'll attempt to record an NFL season preview episode. The season starts on Thursday, so it's highly unlikely we'll be ready by then. But, of course, we'll do our best. Either way, thank you for listening. Until next time, this is the Gravity Beard Podcast. It's what your ears will want to be listening to. This is the Gravity Beard Podcast. Man, you sound like you're in the same room with me. Am I? Maybe. That just creeped me out. (laughs) That creeped me out badly. I, I can, you know, try to make music with the banging on the microphone. I'll probably stick to your day job. Okay. <laughs> College Football Preview Podcast. Yeah.